That's going to be a good one there. I'm just not used to getting in the pulpit. I don't know if I can preach this early. Huh? Maybe we just ought to just go home. All right. Just want to make sure we didn't get no amens about all that. Amen. As a Christian, what do we believe? We believe that because God loves people so much, He sent His only Son to live a righteous life as an example to us, and then to suffer and die for the sins of all humanity, that those who believe He did that would have eternal life with God. Is that great news or what? That's great news. But, if we truly believe that good news, and if we truly believe that it's good news, then we're going to want other people to hear it as well. As Christians, we do, say do. We do what we believe. Think about that for a second. You do what you believe. As Christians, we live what we believe. Say live. We live what we believe. We get excited about what we believe. Say get excited. We get excited about what we believe. We devote ourselves to what we believe. Say devote. We devote ourselves to what we believe. We seek more from the source of what we believe. Say seek more. We talk about what we believe. Say talk. We talk about what we believe. In essence, we make what we believe our top priority. We do all these things, or in reality, we really don't believe. There's a story about a donkey that was filled with self-importance He felt he was better than all the other donkeys. He was always very proud when called in for those difficult assignments. He was strong and he knew how to give his passengers real comfortable rides. One day, he was called to give a ride to someone who was going to the capital city. He was surprised at the wonderful greeting that all the crowd gave him as he entered the capital city. People were laying down palm branches. They were laying down their coats on the ground before him. He said, wow, I'm really something. People really appreciate all I do. But the truth was, the celebration wasn't for him. The truth is, the celebration wasn't even about him. The truth is, the celebration had nothing to do with him he was carrying Jesus he was simply carrying the message as a church it's not about us as a church we just carry the message it's all about Jesus amen do you remember When someone carried the message of Jesus to you? 
and gave you the hope that you now have? You heard the good news because somebody told you. And when we received the good news, something great happened to us. And we were never the same again. When we've been truly changed by the good news, we know that it'll be good news to other people as well. In fact, that's our Lord's assignment to us as Christians. We're to deliberately make committed followers of Christ. You see, the measurement for success in a church is not the programs. CIA is great. BYG is awesome. Sunday school is fantastic. But it's not the programs. The measurement of success is not the budget. The measurement of success is not the attendance. The measurement of success is not the building. The measurement of success for a church is about producing and developing followers of Jesus. Period. We're not about programs. We're not about possessing money. And we're not about big buildings. We're about connecting with people. Did you hear that? We are about connecting with people. You see, our goal, and get this, if you don't get anything else today, get this. This is what our goal is. Our goal is to depopulate hell. We want to see less people there, amen? That's our goal, to depopulate hell. We want people to have life. We want people to have a full life, a joyful life, an eternal life with God, just the way he designed it to be. We want people to be filled with purpose in this life. We want people to know God and to have an intimate relationship with Him. That's what we want. So how do we go about doing this? Well, our scripture today in Matthew chapter 28 gives us three essentials. Three things we must do in order to make committed followers of Jesus. In Matthew 28, and I'm going to begin in verse 16. Then the eleven disciples, because Judas had betrayed the Lord and hung himself, then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But get this, some doubted. Let me get this. The eleven disciples that were left went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. They worshipped him, but some of the eleven disciples doubted. They had the resurrected Lord standing before them, but some of them doubted. Can I tell you today that there are likely people in this room who would fit into that category of being doubters. Some worshipped, some were obedient. But some doubted. Let's keep going. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things. How many things? All, all things that I have commanded you. 
And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Let's pray. Father, Lord Jesus, we declare that we're yours. And pray you would help us to do, live, get excited, think, and serve in a way that proves what we believe. Lord, we want to make committed followers of our Savior. In His name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. The first essential, the first thing we must do in order to make committed followers of Jesus is this. we got to get outside these walls to connect. Amen? we got to go. That's the first essential that Jesus gave us. we got to go. Making disciples is not a stationary act. It's not a matter of sitting. It's a matter of going. It's a matter of going. And it should be the very nature of a Christian to be on the move. To be getting outside these walls and getting on the move. We don't just sit and stay, we get and go. Amen? Amen? That's right. Don't forget that. A paramedic was asked on a TV talk show, what was your most unusual and challenging 911 call? Well, recently we got a call from that big white church over on 11th and Walnut. A frantic usher was concerned that during the sermon, an elderly man had passed out in the pew and he appeared to be dead. The usher could find no pulse. There was no noticeable breathing. And the interviewer said, well, what was so unusual about this particular call? And the paramedic said, well, we had to carry out four guys before we found out the one who was dead. <laughs> Let us not be caught dead in our pews. Let's don't be caught dead in our pews. If you're going to be caught dead anywhere, be on the move. Doing, going for the Lord. Our faith, if it means anything to us at all, ought to be active. It ought to be on the move. And can I tell you, this goes for every one of us here today. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. It don't just go for the teachers. It doesn't just go for the deacons, and it doesn't just go for the pastor. It goes for every one of us. You see, the church is not looking for all stars. The church is looking for all to start. Amen? The church, the Lord Jesus, is looking for everybody to get involved. Not just a small handful. So it's time. It's time to start moving toward those people that need Jesus. It's time for us to get going. It's time for us to get on the move. Now there's a second essential. Second very uh, imperative thing that we must do in order to make committed followers of Jesus. And that is we must lead people to make a decision. Hopefully we're leading people to become committed followers of the Lord. And Jesus uses baptism as a picture of that decision. Why does he use baptism? As a picture of that decision. Well, baptism is a public declaration. It's a public declaration that's proclaiming that somebody has submitted their lives to the Lordship of Jesus. Do you know that's why Jesus was so uh, emphatic that people be baptized? So many times people come up to me and say, Do I have to be baptized to be saved? You know, I, 
and I don't even say anything about it at first. I just say, was Jesus baptized? And he was. Do you think that it's important for you to make a public declaration proclaiming that you belong to the Lord? If that's important to you, then whether it saves you or not is irrelevant. You're going to want to make that public declaration of your faith submitting under the Lordship of Jesus. When somebody is baptized, it's more than just a statement of belief because we're not only called to believe, we're also called to belong. We're called to belong to a body of Christ, called to belong to a church, and we're called to, to, to belong somewhere that's alive and on the move and going. We're called to belong, not just believe. How many times have you heard this? Well, I can just stay home and watch a preacher on TV and worship God. Well, I, you know what I say? You're crazy. You're crazy. Because you're not just called to believe, you're called to belong. And I need to see you. I need to be encouraged by you. So do you have to come to church? Well, yeah. You have to come to church because I need you. And so does everybody else need you. We're called to belong and to believe. We're a family. We're a family and we're learning to live in a way that honors God. We're learning to grow in a way that makes us useful to God. And we're called to reproduce ourselves to the glory of God. That's what you're called to do. There's a third essential. A third absolute imperative if we're going to make committed followers of the Lord Jesus. And that is we must demonstrate. Say demonstrate. We must demonstrate obedience. Notice there in verse 20, teaching them to observe. Say observe. Observe means watching, don't it? Demonstrating obedience. To make committed followers of Jesus, we must teach obedience. In other words, if the Lord said do it, it's our job to see that it gets done. But this kind of teaching doesn't happen as a result of something you get in the classroom. This kind of teaching doesn't happen as a result of doing homework. This kind of teaching doesn't come from reading a book. This kind of teaching comes from taking a field trip, amen? A field trip, that's right. Do you remember how great it was as a kid when you got to go on a field trip? You got to get out of school and go on a field trip? They were the highlight of the year. They were the exciting part because you get an opportunity to get out of the classroom. You get a, an opportunity to get going. You got to use what you learned in that classroom. This past Wednesday night, I taught the young people that Jesus has called us to go, make, baptize, teach. Go, make, baptize, teach. Say it with me. Go, go make, baptize, teach. Good job, Brett. Go, make, baptize, teach. I know you do. But then I asked them, what is the best way to teach somebody something? What's the best way to teach somebody something? No. You got a bad memory. You're getting old, Brett. With a little coaxing, we all came to a conclusion on one answer. The best way to teach somebody something is to live it. 
Live it. Here's a truth for you. How can we teach obedience if we're not doing it ourselves? You got that right, brother. You hear what he said? You can't. You can't do it. That being the case, that you can't teach somebody unless you're doing it yourself, I want to make some humble requests of you this morning. Last week, every person in this room stood up to acknowledge that they would pray, just pray, asking God about what He wanted them to do regarding becoming involved in Bethel's Grow Outreach Ministry. Reaching out, getting on the move, going, getting outside these walls to connect with people. So I want to humbly ask you several things before you act upon what God told you in your prayers. The first thing I ask you is, feel God's heart for the world. I want you to listen to how Peter described God's heart in 2 Peter 3 and verse 9. He said that the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness or slowness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all, say all, but that all should come to repentance. Now through our study in February, we learned unequivocally that God is love. And whatever God does, He does out of love. And here, Peter is declaring that God is not willing that any should perish. That He loves people that much. He's gone all out. All out so that people don't have to remain lost without Him. He's gone all out. He's held nothing back in order to win them. Can I tell you, this should be our heartbeat as well. Our hearts should be breaking that people are dying daily without the Lord Jesus. And you know why? Because you and I have been unsuccessful in depopulating hell. That's what happens when people die without Jesus. They add to the population of hell. Can I tell you that that breaks God's heart as well? So feel God's heart for the world. But my second request as you consider participating in the Grow Outreach Ministry here at Bethel is this. I ask you to express what Jesus means to you. In 2 Peter 3.15, the apostle wrote, Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. In other words, be a witness. In other words, be willing to tell your story. In other words, tell somebody how Jesus has changed you. Be willing. You ain't got to preach a sermon. And you don't have to force Jesus into every single conversation. Like if somebody says, Bill, the sky sure is pretty today. I don't have to say, yeah, it is. My Jesus made that sky. Don't have to do that. That's not the way we do it. However, as opportunities arise, and they will, times when we can share our faith naturally, we let people know what Jesus has done in us and what, people has, what God has done through us. 
So ask God for wisdom. He always loves to answer that prayer, and he always gives it. I humbly ask you to consider expressing what Jesus means to you. My third request is this. Don't separate the good news from good deeds. Turn with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 10. Brother Hal, I'm right on time. Amen. Am I right on time, y'all? Yep. I love y'all. Acts chapter 10. Peter's speaking here. And in verse 38, he was speaking about how God has anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all people, but to, a, to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach the, to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be the judge of the living and of the dead. To him all the prophets, the Old Testament prophets, witness that through his name, whoever believes, say believes, Whoever believes in him will receive forgiveness of sins. In all of that good news that we just heard, I want you to notice something about Jesus. In verse 38, the Bible says, How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good. Don't separate the good news of the gospel from good deeds that you do in his name. See, sometimes we think that, that people just need a little bit more information and they'll believe. We think that if we'll just tell them the right things, then eventually they're going to make a decision for the Lord. But people are not looking for more information. There's a ton of information out there. What are people looking for? They're looking for people who are real. They're looking for Christians who are genuine. They're looking for Christians who are legit. You see, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. When people who talk about a loving God demonstrating His love then people want to believe. They want to believe. When people observe you and I, observe, say observe. When they observe you and I doing as we've been commanded. When we take the time, say take the time. Not make the time, when we, when we take the time to show God's love through serving, through visiting, through sending encouragement, through praying for people. Then we're effective in telling the good news. When we take the time to be observed as we've been commanded. Don't separate the good news from good deeds. 
My fourth humble request is this, that you would be necessary to your community. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is it if salt loses its flavor? Can you make it useful again? No, it'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot because it's useless. Jesus instructed you and I to be salt, to be light, and to be yeast. And all three of those word pictures, whenever they enter into the picture, they make an impact. Salt makes an impact on food by giving it flavor. Light makes an impact on darkness by exposing what's unseen. Yeast makes an impact on the dough by spreading throughout the dough and making it rise. As Christians, we're called to change the environment we're placed in. We're called to move out, to get going, and to change the environment we live in. We're not supposed to hole up in church buildings. Yes, we live a different lifestyle, but we're never to isolate ourselves from the culture that we live in. We're called to get out there and be an influence. I think we ought to be absolutely vital. Say vital. We ought to be absolutely vital to our community. But sadly, churches are becoming more and more invisible. If we disappeared, would anybody notice? If we locked the doors, would anybody not coming here really care? I believe that we should become the heart and soul of this community. Become the heart and soul so that if we were gone, we would be greatly missed. But how do we do that? How do we go about doing that? Well, that's my final request. In the Grow Outreach Ministry, all I'm asking is that you do what Jesus did. He commands us to do that. And I'm asking you to do that this morning. That you would do as Jesus did. And that is serve other people with love. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And to give His life. Say give His life. And to give His life as a ransom for many. As believers, we need to bless and serve other people. That's how we express our belief in Jesus. That's how you show that you're a believer. By blessing and serving others. And the Bethel Baptist Church uses this Grow Outreach Ministry to accomplish just that. Steve Shogren once said, Serve people with love. And if you go after the people that nobody wants, you'll end up with the people that everybody wants. Interesting. Go after the ones that nobody wants and you'll end up getting every, the one that everybody wants.
folks, we can have the eloquence of a statesman. We can have the knowledge of a genius, the faith of a miracle worker. We can have the generosity of a millionaire and the dedication of a martyr. But if we don't engage people and express God's love, it doesn't count. Furthermore, it doesn't matter if we don't engage people and express God's love to them. So I want to encourage you this morning to feel God's heart for His people. To express, be willing to express what Jesus means to you. To not separate the, the good news of the gospel from good deeds. I encourage you to be necessary to our community. No, no, to be vital to our community. To get out there and make a difference and to serve with God's love. Let us be people with a purpose. God's people with a godly purpose. Now, in a few minutes, the church will have left this building. But as always, the church will have had an opportunity to respond, not to Brother Bill's word, but to respond to God's word. So I'm asking today, for everyone who will, to come forward during this decision song, to take one of these commitment cards that I'll give you, to fill it out, and to give it to Miss Kathy on the way out. Raise your hand, Miss Kathy. She's going to be at the door on the way out. I've got pens, and I want everybody who will, and you all said you prayed about it, right? Say amen if you prayed about it. We know what God said. Now are you going to submit and do what God said? On this card is your place for your name, your address, and your phone number. One of them says, yes, I commit to participate uh, once per month in the Grow Outreach Ministry. Everybody can check that check, amen? It says, I, pre I prefer to participate on one of two Tuesdays. The second Tuesday or the fourth Tuesday. Your choice. Just check one of the boxes. There's a place that says, I'm willing to serve on any Tuesday. Some of you like to come all the time and do what God told you to do. But we're only doing it two Tuesdays, amen? And then there's another place that says, I cannot commit to participate at this time. You can check that one too and give it to Miss Kathy on the way out. But this decision time is a response time, really. It's are you going to respond to God's word for your life? And your purpose is to make committed followers of Jesus. You've already received Him. You've already received the blessings that are coming your way. But there's so many out there that haven't. It's time to get involved. And there's a place for every one of you. We'd never embarrass you. You'll never be put into a place where you will feel uncomfortable. There are things to do. Yes, we go out and visit. And if you're, if you're not familiar with visiting, you'll go out with me or with Miss Kathy or Miss Janet or one of our deacons. You'll go out with somebody who is, understands how easy it is to go visit, and you'll just kind of tag along with them for a while. There's a place for you. If you feel uncomfortable in doing that, you can come and send encouragement cards to the sick, to the homebound, to the bereaved, to those in the hospital. 
There are those that don't feel comfortable doing either one of those, so they like to come here and pray. Come here and pray. To gather together with brothers and sisters and pray for our church, for its leaders, for the ones who are in desperate need of prayer. You can do that. You can even come here on a prescribed Tuesday that you choose, and you can just clean up around the premises. Maybe some hedging. Maybe pull some weeds in the summer sun. Whatever the case is. What I'm trying to tell you is, is there's a place for you. Then last week we talked about how God uses ordinary people. Man, this is ordinary work for the Christian, for the believer. So it's time to get involved. It's time to get going. It's time to live what you believe. So don't be caught on the sidelines. Don't be mistakenly diagnosed as dead in the pew. Amen. I'll have these during this song. I have a few pins as well. You come up and get one of these. In obedience. And in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord above. Lord, what an incredible privilege it is to be involved in your work. Your work that has eternal ramifications. Your work that makes an impact on eternity. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege. Thank you, Lord, that we get to do this. But, Lord, thank you also that it's a responsibility. It's a responsibility of the Christian to make committed followers of our Lord. Lord, bless everybody here today and speak to them as only you can. This message speaks to Christians, not just members. There may be visitors here, just regular attenders perhaps, maybe longtime members that know that it's time to live what we believe. So Lord, I pray you do your work because this is for your glory. And Lord, for that one person who doesn't even know Jesus as his or her Savior, Lord, today can be their day too. Lord, give them the courage to step out in faith and allow me to show what your word says about how we don't have to populate hell, but we can live eternally with you. So have your will and your way in this decision time. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said.